Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Positivity. Hello? Hi there. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, Katie, you right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, good, sir. Good. So, yeah, is this um, your first podcast? Is it? Or um, have it's you done... It's my first um, recording to voices. I'm just trying to sort out my volume. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I um, it's something that I wanted to do for like a long time, but I think I've I put it off for quite a while. Yeah, it's a bit daunting, isn't it? It's um, it's kind of like getting your head around the idea of of sticking that much of you out there. Yeah. By I um, do you listen to podcasts yourself? Um. Yeah, there's a few I listen to. Like um, there's like because I I quite like my cars, so there's quite a few around cars and kind of touring. Yeah. And Japan as well. There's loads on Japan. Yeah, I've I've never looked at the car ones, but um, I bet they're quite interesting. Yeah, they they tend to be fairly interesting. Is it like the way kind of different cultures kind of adapt mm. to to cars and how they kind of see it, um, and how it plays into their culture is is like so different in in different areas. Yeah, because I've I've noticed like. The work that you do, like your your podcast called the, the Carbon Fiber Podcast, yeah. Um, and I, know, I I like read on your description and said that you like kind of make the carbon fiber like art. Yeah, that's right. So what 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 does that like, like entail? Um, well, um, it, it's weird. I kind of it, it's not really meant like carbon fiber um, predominantly is um, it's used for aerospace really. Um, right. So 
but obviously like more commonly known for kind of f1 stuff um, yeah used quite a lot there um, and that's like it's really designed for, for, for the fact that it's so strong it's quite flexible as well as being quite strong mm-hmm. um so obviously like i mean that's brilliant isn't it as light as it is as well it's great mm-hmm. for formula one speed and that kind of thing um, so it's never really designed for what I use it for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I grew up. Like I, I grew up with it. So I watched my dad um, from a really young age. Uh, yeah. Some pieces with it, mm. and uh, um, it kind of it went from there. I went obviously went on to uni, and um, and kind of did my art degree and stuff, and um, followed bits and pieces that I like. And I think kind of coming back it was like almost like the most natural thing to do was put what I already know mm. together with what I'd actually learned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like, like literally the conversation between me and my dad on, on how we, how I was going to kind of put this stuff together was, was c- can I art with this? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> he literally just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. From there it kind of, it was a lot of experimenting because um, because the the composites they all react differently so um mm. i use resins um and i my colors are pigments and then they have to be kind of mixed with a clear resin um wow. then a catalyst as well so that they go off and it's amazing that the temperature so whatever day it is i mean like the summer this year was crazy warm wasn't it and yeah it's really hot yeah yeah, yeah, it would just stuff would go off really quickly. Oh Christ! Before you'd finished. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, like temperature, the amount of of catalyst uh, versus resin that you put together affects it as well. So uh, beginning stages, there were so many mess ups. <laughs> oh Christ! I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally stuff that will not see the light of day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's um, the, the the overall look when I've actually finished. Um, mm. The surface is completely flat, um, so there's no brush marks or brush strokes in it at all. Um, there's nothing raised on it at all, and the um, the the surface is also really high gloss. Um, so yeah, really versatile. It's brilliant for the kitchen because you can just wipe it with anything. It doesn't it doesn't need any glass <laughs> in it if you're framing them or anything. I think I've only ever seen one kind of carbon fibre piece of art, and I think um, it was in an art gallery somewhere. And they they taken like a part of the the F one car. Oh, that's yeah. I bet that's um, Alistair. He um, he's a former. Um, he was a former chief F one mechanic. Uh, oh yeah, wow! Yeah, he credible. Like like his story is amazing. Like if you get him mm. on the podcast, definitely do that. But. Uh, He's yeah. got an amazing story to tell. And yeah, all of his parts are carbon fibre. But then the actual, the parts and the, the sculptures he makes, um, they're all mm. from uh, F1 cars. So, <laughs> yeah, amazing. all the components are specifically kind of um, sourced so that they kind of meet whatever he's doing sculpturally. Mm. But yeah, he's incredible work. I've met him um, a couple of times. Wow. I find it, I find, um, you know, art fascinating because it's someone's imagination and creativity um, and kind of, you know, it's 
it's their imagination, isn't it? Being put into something and created. Yeah, it's it's really weird how people kind of see it, um, especially with art, because like um, everyone's artistic. Like the way, mm. no matter what they're into or what their thing is, they approach it quite creatively because um, everyone's different. So they everyone sees the world in a different way. So they approach whatever they do in their own particular style. Um, but it's funny mm. with art because it's such a visual. Um, people can kind of relate to it a lot easier than seeing, you know, obviously a, a painting on the wall is different from another painting on the wall. Whereas if you're, I don't know, if you're if you're doing accounts, one accountant might do it very differently to another accountant. But yeah. still, it's still for me. It, I can see the creating creativity in it. Um, but I think that they are. For art wise, it's it's very visual. It's much easier for people to kind of relate to that. Yeah, I think there must be like quite a wide audience in that area. You kind of like that kind of uh, arts. I mean, there's a lot of F one fans out there, isn't there? Yeah. And people who like carbon fiber. Yeah, yeah. There is then the carbon fiber is weird actually because because I started uh, like a long time ago. Uh, it's mm. kind of before. Well, I really had um, kind of Instagram at all. So kind of, if you're talking like seven, eight years ago, yeah. before that, one of the first things I did was um, a Lamborghini, but it kind of it never really... Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Never really got the light, the light of day because um, you just didn't have that social media background um, to kind of ping it off. Um but yeah, the the early ones, um, not a huge amount of people saw, and also carbon fiber, in the last kind of ten years, has just grown massively in popularity. I think it's just becoming one of those things that is far more um, accessible. Mm. But, and there's probably so much you can do with it as well. It's incredibly versatile. Yeah, there, there's just so much you can do. That I mean, it literally goes up into space. So it's like. Yeah, Incredible product. I think it's all like one of the lightest materials. Some of the why they use it on the, you know, the cars because they can travel at such speed. There's no weight to it really. It's yeah. like plastic. Right. They, yeah, because some of the um, the carbon I use, there's, there's kind of different kinds. So um, I'll use um, like I don't want to say standard because it's like that makes it sound cheap. And- yeah. <laughs> but, but there's a particular one you can get is yeah. cheaper than the aerospace grade carbon, which is a lot more expensive. But that's because it, you know, it's it's tested and batch tested uh, mm. really often. So they do things like count the, the thread count will be exactly the same, the weights, and and they do things like that. So like the the kind of luxury of it is that it's perfect. Yeah. It is, it is um, there's a lot of perfection in, you know, when you look at it, carbon fibre, how it's crafted, you know, it's a, it's a craft, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And with art, I suppose, you know, it's the same as a craft to what you do. Yeah, definitely. And there's a whole process to it as well. Like, I kind of, um, when I buy it, I buy it um, as the material. So it's on the roll and you can get it in different forms. Um, you can get prepreg, which is technically kind of a material <coughs> prepregnated mm. with the actual resin. So... Um, there's different forms that you can get to, um, and then there's different techniques that you'd use to then process it into depending on what you use it for. Mm. No, it's really interesting. I mean, 
I've never really been into like F1 or like carbon fiber or anything like that. But um, I recently kind of took more interest in it as I I, um, I used to work for David Richards. Okay. Who, um, he he he's he's high up in the F1 and motorsport world. Um, I can't. He, he was. I think he was chairman of. I don't want to get it right. Don't, don't want to get it wrong. I, know. I think it was Aston, Aston Martin. I think it was. <laughs> um, like a little picture. Like I'm sure he's on LinkedIn somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked for him, and um, he. I worked for him in his hotels. He's got two hotels in um, Saint Moore's in Cornwall. Oh, right. So he owns Saint Moore's Hotel in the Isle of Rocks. Um, and I, I worked for him in both of those, and I met him a few times, and. His uh, F1 friends would come down. Is it, oh, I can't remember the name of the company. Um, yeah, this is F1 friends and high important people would come down from F1 who do driving and stuff. Yeah, so I kind of you know took an interest in it, and uh, it's quite it's quite fascinating. It is. It's a whole different world, isn't it? Like the the entire community and everything is completely different. And not how mm. you'd expect it as well. I think um, that, that it probably has a bit of a stereotype for being this very kind of luxurious, posh um, kind of a mm. club. But I've found it to be completely different to that. It's um, doing the... Um, I did uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed last year and a lot of the, the kind of F1 group um, go to that. Um, and they're so nice. Like it's literally yeah. having a, another family down there. They're kind of they're really um, enthusiastic and they kind of want to help. And I made like loads of friends down there that I kind of I keep in touch with and do mm. bits and pieces with. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really lovely. I love it. Yeah, I think that makes it nice when you've got that nice community to it. That that you know the. So like the vibe attracts your tribe, doesn't yeah. it? It's you know being around like-minded people. Incredible community around it. Yeah, there's just seems to be lots and lots of people that are genuinely really nice mm. and like seriously good at sports events, at sport car, sports car events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I keep in touch with a few. Um, one of which uh, garage style on it down there. Um, and they're kind of linked with eventive events, and they're doing loads of supercar events this year. Um, nice. Invited to as well, so <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, have you have you always been interested in like cars, um, F one? Yeah, anything like um, um, bikes as well. Like the the memories I have of being a kid and kind of watching stuff on TV, um, and watching my dad pull apart bikes and stuff and um oh god my like my earliest moment I must have been tiny but I can remember sitting outside the shed um with a you know like the old washing up bowls yeah yeah like a pile of old bits of bike in it (laughs) and just cleaning them I have no idea what was in there at all yeah. Just cleaning them and giving them back to my dad. I think he was trying to keep me busy, like occupied. Yeah. He got all his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. I was like, you know, probably like eight or nine or something like that. And just thinking that like, I'm having the best time. You know, like most eight-year-old or nine-year-old girls would be out playing <laughs> with some. Yeah. Really in there. You're playing with like bits of metal. I know. And bits of stuff, yeah. Covered in oil or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
kids are playing with Barbie dolls yeah. and toys and stuff. And yeah, all. oh, a stereotypical girl. I just cut the hair off them and coloured it in with different pens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's like, I mean, I, I often speak about it when I do like um, videos on my Instagram page for my coaching, um, you know, about being happy in what you do and trying to find your passion and just trying things out definitely yeah try just try everything if you can be as open-minded as possible especially when you come to different doors and when they're opening being able to recognize when Mm. there's that different path that you can go on or something that i think that's really key yeah i think uh I think, like, it wasn't until I started, I, I swapped jobs, basically. I was um, I was in Manchester for a while, and then I came back to mm. Cheltenham, where, where I'm originally from. Yeah. Um, and I kind of took a job very quickly. Um, it's just a, a salon, receptionist at a salon. I took it very quickly just to kind of get back on payroll, sort uh, mm. out deposit for a house and stuff. So, um, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about it too much, and I was you know, like over full-time hours, uh, mm. quite difficult in something that I didn't really want to do. Um, and it came to a point where, where I think it just, it got too much and I, I definitely didn't want to do it anymore. Um, so I started looking around. I found a job in a little framers. And mm. It was less hours and less money. And initially I didn't get the job at first. They phoned me back. <laughs> it's- yeah. Actually, it's even less hours now, but we do have this job available. And yeah. It took it took me kind of was it twenty four hours to kind of I didn't say yes straight away because I was kind of thinking, can I really take less money mm. and less hours? Is am I going to really you know like ruin you know the idea of what I thought I wanted? Um. Anyway, yeah. long, long story short, I took the job. And um, and that's kind of what kick-started off doing all the social media and stuff. And you're working somewhere and you're framing um, a lot of other people's artwork, other artists, people that like to buy art. And you suddenly realise, oh, my God, I'm just not making, I'm not, I'm not putting in the right amount of work in the right place. I'm working, it feels like I'm working hard, but I'm not doing it on what I love. I'm doing it on... The, the day job type thing yeah so yeah it wasn't and then I thought right um, need to change some things <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think as well like if you're working for someone else um, I mean you're kind of being told what to do and you kind of you kind of got limited freedom haven't you whereas if you so you do your own thing with yourself you can kind of create what you want do what you want yeah definitely and I think if you are if you are going from a point where you've worked for someone for a long time and then you're working for yourself you almost need like um like a some time to kind of de um like I can't think of what to call it but almost like decompress you like get your head out of um the kind of i'm working for someone else space mm. because you're so used to being given you know told what to do then you yeah. do it when you're working for yourself there's no one telling you what to do <laughs> yeah you, know, you 
you have to learn. Yeah, you have to kind of do it yourself, and you have to you have to work out what you need to do as well, which I think mm-hmm. sometimes can be difficult to kind of figure out, especially if you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. I think as well, like in society, you know, you see everyone working for companies, doing jobs, um, you know, working for other people. And I think we're kind of hardwired in our minds to like be told what to do. Like in school, you know, you're told what to do for, for many years for education and your parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think as someone I heard on a podcast, they said it's something to do with tribes. Like, you know, going back years and years ago, being told what to do and, you know. So I think that's why there's a small percentage of people who are successful, you know, who work for themselves and stuff because there's a lot of risk, isn't they, involved and there's a lot of gamble and it's it's scary to go into the unknown. It's a lot safer to work for someone else and just coast along. I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere, haven't they, you know? Definitely, yeah. It's, um, yeah, we are definitely hardwired to kind of um, literally go find a job. And you sit in school, don't you, for the, for the whole of your school life, which is quite literally from about the age of four, isn't it? When you're mm. the opposite of being told what to do and sit down, you just want to go and explore everything. You are yeah. literally taught to sit down and listen and do as you're told you want yeah yeah so like that's huge isn't it to get out of that and then kind of come out of school go to college do the same thing then go Mm. to work and do the same thing or or just come out of school and go to work and do exactly what you've been told so if you're someone that's kind of at that point and you've got you've got out of that kind of area and you want to start up on your own that's hugely daunting that's yeah completely that would be completely alien to you yeah so yeah, exactly. the idea of that is is quite scary and I totally understand anybody that was kind of thinking about it but just didn't have um, the kind of confidence to just go for it. Um, but one thing I will say, if you do put yourself in a situation where you need to survive, you will. We're kind of, yeah. we're kind of born to survive. Like That's like just our nature in general. So if you end up in a situation where you have to make money to survive, um, you'll find a way of doing it. Yeah, no, completely. I think it's instinctive, isn't it? It's that kind of... Definitely instinctive, yeah. I think I don't think people give, them credit, uh, give themselves credit for, for being able to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just as, you know, like, if you didn't have a job and you've now got one... You, you did what you needed to do to survive. You found a job, and it's not easy, that easy to find jobs. So mm. if you put yourself in another situation where you don't have a job but you, you want to do it by yourself, you will be able to do it. You'll find a way of doing it. Mm. I think it's how you like react as well with it. I mean, I, I've been myself in situations where I've not had work or, you know, I'm sure yourself as well, and... I think it's easy to like think, oh, like shit, oh no, like. And I think if you if you kind of think negatively and you worry, you'll attract that, and you'll just stay in that circle going round. Whereas if you kind of think, okay, so this is my situation, what do I need to do? 
it's totally different when you kind of I think that's being scared isn't it when you you end up in a situation mm. that you're not sure how to handle um you then you're then kind of working with fear um and at that point it's quite important to kind of refocus um it's just another problem so if you look at it just like another problem um without the kind of um fear surrounding it it, it's just something else you've got to work out. Um, mm. I think people kind of brick wall when they come up against fear. And um, yeah, it's definitely scary. Um, but as long as you kind of refocus and just start thinking instead of, oh my God, what am I going to do? Just, I know there's a way that I can work this out and then kind of move forward with your thoughts on that level rather than, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think like um I think um as well it's it's being patient, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Um it, it's funny, the sometimes there are points when you kind of think you get you do get kind of frustrated. Um and you think, okay, so um, nothing seems to be moving or or sometimes it, it might be a bit stagnant um, but then you've got to keep yourself moving and yourself motivated I think when I look back and look back at the times where I think that I've been the most frustrated I think probably I probably wasn't putting enough effort in during those periods which is why I was seeing kind of not as much wood growth as I would have liked <laughs> yeah but you can I mean you've got to be really honest with yourself and um and, and kind of look at look at like how much work you're putting into something and be really hard on yourself about you know is it enough mm. yeah exactly I think I uh, today I was listening to uh like what kind of made me want to do a podcast is I kind of like that guy called Joe Rogan. Okay, not not heard of him. Joe Rogan podcast. Um, he he presented a TV show years ago called Fear Factor. Oh yeah. And yeah, he's that host of that, oh. and now he commentates on UFC. Okay. And he's he's quite a motivational guy, and he's got a podcast now, and it's one of the biggest podcasts on YouTube online. Is it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of listened to him, and he's he's done like, is it nearly 1,300 episodes now? Wow. And you have to check him out. Yeah. And um, he's had all kinds of people on. And I was listening to one of his talks today, and he was saying that when he started out doing his podcast, he had, he had 200, view, uh, 200 listeners or 200 views. And he was like, you know, it was terrible. But he was like, you know, you learn through your mistakes, you know, you grow it. And he said, it's not about how many people listen, it's about who listens. Yeah, definitely. And he said, you might have, out of those 200 people, one person who is important or, you know, is in that line of work you're talking about or someone who actually relates to it, you know. it's So I... Yeah, I think he kind of made me like motivated to like you know do this and reach out to people on 
LinkedIn like I did with you. Yeah, I think the the kind of reaching out and Gary V as well, sorry. Definitely. And kind of um reaching out to people. Um I kind of find as well that um I know like there's there's this kind of whole emphasis on kind of growing um your social media channels and stuff like that and, and having those listeners on podcasts and stuff it, it, it's important yeah um but meeting people through um doing podcasts and stuff and like i said doing meeting people through um doing the events and stuff like that that's been so helpful i mean for like kind of personal growth the people you meet and the people you talk to you you'll get something out of it even if it's yeah. kind of you know, slaps you in the face, recognisable at the right at the beginning. Um, I think we're quite social. People are very, very social, even if they're quiet. They're really social, so yeah, that's always good. And I think some of us can kind of get into our heads that work is all work, and it has mm. to kind of be boring, and it doesn't, it can't be fun. And it, it, if chatting to people, I enjoy so much. It's yeah. I, I feel like it gives you life, doesn't it? It kind of yeah makes you feel alive. It makes you kind of talking to someone makes you feel like you're doing something real, mm. and it's not all in your head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you sane as well. <laughs> yeah, it kind of when you meet people, you can relate to them, and I think we're, we're social beings, aren't we? And yeah. we need social interaction. Definitely. Um, and when you speak to people, you you can relate to them. It kind of makes you feel normal a bit. Yeah, if you if going on, you talk to someone and you go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going for that as well. And you're like, oh, okay, so it is okay. It is. And there are so many people that do that on a daily basis. Like, like it must happen millions of times per, per day that people kind of think, oh, my God, there's someone else going through the same thing. And, and then just feel a little bit happier hmm. so they're not alone. Which is like I think we, we, you know, we might be losing a little bit. So like, hence why I absolutely love the podcast and kind of connecting with people mm. and stuff. Because if you're walking about or you're doing your job or you're if you're not customer facing, you mm. know, sometimes you miss people entirely. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, like I've had jobs where where I would not see one person all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. than like kind of a screen or a phone or something like that. You just wouldn't have that kind of conversation, or um, and that definitely isn't me. I don't think I'd be able to kind of ever go back to doing something like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think as well, it's. It's important to meet new people as well, I find. Um, I think so. In some way, I mean, I I worked in, in the hotel, I worked in, in the kitchen itself. It was like a long galley kitchen and there was no windows and no clocks. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Like prison then. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you go in and you it'd be like dark when you go to work and you finish and it'll be like dark and you just... Yeah. You lose track of time and it's a weird feeling and I, I just I don't know I just be like oh, I want to talk to someone you know just to uh, feel normal <laughs> yeah, no it's so true you're laughing a bit it's so so true you kind of it makes your entire reality kind of twist mm. you 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 kind of forget that you you've got a life it's you're supposed to be living it um, mm. 
you're not you're just going going in like you said you're going in when it's dark and you're coming out when it's dark mm. there's like there's no life there no unless you kind of connect with people or or have something else that you're passionate about there's then no kind of life force behind anything yeah exactly but i think like um People, you know, like in life, you know, pe- people got to work, people got bills, families, I think. But sometimes people can just be almost unaware of what they're doing. They're just on the hamster wheel, that hamster wheel, and they're just not thinking of anything else but getting, going to work, getting paid, getting, going to work, getting, to, getting, getting paid. Yeah, totally. Uh, like, and like, uh, I can understand that. That's like, some yeah. people are quite happy to do that. Um, yeah, and if they're happy, that's all that really matters. But I can, yeah. I can totally relate to being on that kind of hamster wheel and mm. having the idea, like when I, like I mentioned earlier about moving back from Manchester, the kind of mindset I was in was make money, paper house, which is yeah. you know, that kind of stereotypical idea of growing up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and having your life sorted is that you you know you have a full time job, you you have a house, you know you're paying your mortgage and stuff, and actually neither mm. of those things made me happy at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that life, I'm changing my life. Yeah. But it but it is it's very difficult to kind of understand that you know maybe the the stereotype just isn't for you. Mm. It's just I know it's kind of that thing that people think is really normal and is going to make you happy but if you're not then maybe that's just not for you mm-hmm. yeah i mean i've i've done like lots of different jobs and um i think i'll be because I, I want to be doing different things like you can kind of feel like a resistance and you know deep down don't you feel that this isn't me um yeah, but i think sometimes you're you, really good at ignoring it though right <laughs> Yeah, you can push it aside for a while and then it comes yeah. back. Yeah, and it kind of manifests in different ways as well. But sometimes you don't even realise that, like, the reason you're unhappy is because like, you're doing the wrong thing or the wrong, mm. or the wrong life choice. It's, I think, like, humans are very good at kind of disguising whatever is making them unhappy, even to the point where they just don't know what it is. Yeah. Until you're just in like a big ball of string, and you just like you've you've created that ball of string, and now you've got to untangle it. And <laughs> whereas my policy would be just chuck it away and do something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think you know you got to do you got to do what you got to do at the time. Do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> if you can work towards something whilst you're doing what you got to do to survive, like. Yeah, there's uh, everybody's life is really different. Yeah. <clears throat> there isn't any two people that are exactly the same. No one way is going to be perfect for another person. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be kind of silly to to kind of be like, yeah, you can just do whatever you want to do. There's um there's always things that are going to make it very difficult for you to go and do that. Um, yeah. But if you can start with with something small, and then work from there. Hmm. I think it just it just gives you enough to be able to kind of keep focused and um, 
um, positive. Yeah. About your situation, because even if it's if it's not the best situation for you, but mm. doing something to sort it out, then that that will just kind of breed more positivity. Yeah, completely. It's just those small steps, isn't it? It's, it's taking those small steps. You know, small steps are better than no steps. Yeah, definitely. And I know, like the the kind of okay, big steps are amazing, um, but you know, they they generally they're over as fast as the small steps are yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. you know like it's small steps are great that you know they do it's great to have a goal and stuff and and have that big step but um it's it's um, like with my artwork i'll have yeah. it's it's really weird and it's something i didn't come across until mm. um, like fairly recently really is that um like when, when i finished like a big project um I kind of feel a bit lost. Yeah. You know, it's it's weird. And um it wasn't until I think I'd watched something that Gary V had done and um and he'd done it about being in love with his process, which was weird because then I thought, that's oh my god, that's that's why I feel that way after finishing a project. It's not that like, you know, like I'm totally and utterly in love with the end piece. Um, because being an artist, you never are. Really, it's weird. Yeah. It's so long doing something, you think, "Oh, I changed that." And <laughs> yeah. Um, but but sometimes you can't. You just physically can't do it. Um. So yeah, it's the process. Like I love having. I love talking to somebody, especially with commissions. I get to chat away to somebody about their ideas and what they love and um, kind of things that are coming out of their head, and then I get to put them all together do some sketches, um, like work out where they want stuff, um, send them back, have more chats, um, then put it all together um, with carbon and then have the finished project. It's like that whole, the whole thing. I love all of that. Yeah. And then when it's done, it's like it's actually finished and then it goes away. So that actual end product from like the happiness, like if there's a little happiness scale to each part of it, that end product, like the tiny bit of happiness, mm. the whole process is like just ridiculously enjoyable for me. Yeah, I think that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about that process, and it's about all of those bits added together, not yeah. just the final um, product, final end result. I think it, I think people are way more like that than mm-hmm. than like society has kind of grasped at the moment. I think there are far more people out there. They're actually enjoying the the kind of almost like the chase of that job, or getting to that point where they can apply for the, for the job that they've always wanted. I don't think like the actual the point where they're like, yes, you've got the job. That kind of happiness lasts for as long as the one where they are actually going towards it lasts for. Yeah. No, completely. So it's like I wonder whether that's why Gary Vee's got that that really big goal of like owning mm. um, jets. Jets, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know he'll either get there and die, or die before he gets there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that chase, isn't it? That grind towards it. It's that. Yeah, I'm just like hundred percent because he absolutely loves that process. He's just got a goal there that will keep that process. Mm. Like, for quite a while 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's quite an amazing guy. Like um he's done pretty well for himself, hasn't he? Um Yeah, I think I mean he does I think he's done really well because he's totally relatable. I think people are yeah. are threatened by him. Um he doesn't he doesn't really kind of convey stuff in a way that you wouldn't understand it. It's, everything he comes up with is fairly simple. Yeah, he's got no filter as well. And he just doesn't care, and he just—he's just himself. He's just there's no filter there. Like I saw a clip, I don't know if you've seen it. And I know he's quite quite controversial because he swears a lot, and I, I know a lot of people who don't like that and they disagree with that approach. But I know, yeah, like I swear quite a lot. I'm doing really well at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same here, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he he swears a lot, and he. He's in a classroom, I think, and this woman was interviewing him. She's like, "Why do you curse so much?" And he's she. She was like, "Do you curse around your kids?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck, yeah." yeah. <laughs> um, and this woman was like, she just can't believe it. But he was like, "Well, you know, it's just the way it is, you know." It is, yeah. I think people don't don't give kids credit, do they? It's like you can you you don't need to tell not swear in front of them. You just need to tell them and teach them when it's appropriate. Yeah. It's like they get way more out of, you know, they won't be caught in a situation. Everyone knows a kid. Um, my kids have done it when they've been really little and said, like, the B word or the F word when they're tiny and they don't know what it means. And they, you know, like in front of somebody else and it's really yeah. embarrassing. But if I'd have been really thinking about it and taught them, you know, when they've caught me doing or I've done it in front of them, said... It's not a great word to use. People find it quite offensive, but you can mm. use it appropriately. And I mm. didn't use it appropriately then, but I am at home. Yeah. Use it outside. Then maybe they would have understood that it's, a, you know, like there are times when you can use it and there yeah. are times when you don't use it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a time and place with it. Um, I, I don't like it if I go to a restaurant or if I'm out somewhere and someone's cursing every five seconds about, stuff like you know and it's not needed you like oh, the... there's a time and place I think and I think it can be quite motivating as well like I I did an army course like a look at life army course with college and we had to run around and do lots of physical exercise and it's really hard and this like uh, soldier was like oh he was like oh stop effing about and just crack on and something kind of clicked, and I, and I was, you know, if you just said, "I'll oh, just crack on," it's not the same. No, yeah, I do. I can, yeah, you quite. It's quite weirdly creative swear words, ironically. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do kind of create an atmosphere, um, where you know, depending on time, they create a brilliant atmosphere if you put them in at the wrong time. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely a place and a time for them, isn't that? But uh, yeah, no, I, I I swear quite a lot, probably too yeah. much. But <laughs> it depends. I think who you, who you hang around with, and how, and if you feel, I think you feel strong. I I dad a lot of the time, so I just play on. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you feel passionate about something as well, like I tend to swear if I feel passionate about something, I like. Swear. Yeah, yeah. I, that's probably why um, Gary Vee does it a lot because he's incredibly passionate about what he talks about. 
Mm. Aren't you? And he does. Um, drop the F bomb quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> Which I quite like or not. Yeah. <laughs> but like with with like with your podcast, um, what what is it you've you've spoken about? What is it that you've um put out with the few that you've done? Well, yeah, I've only only done a couple so far. Um, but yeah, I was in two minds. What what on earth would I talk about? You um, there's this weird bit you go through, and you're like, well, what the hell would people want to listen to me talk about? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, what what information can I possibly give that's going to be beneficial beneficial to anybody? Um, so when I first started it, I kind of wanted to go into the carbon fiber thing. Um, and do hints and tips on that so like the first one was how I got started um so like kind of explaining a little bit about the process because I know it's new and I know no one really knows anything about it Um, and then the second one was with my dad and how he got started because he's um really industry then so good dad did I think when he came out of school he um worked he worked for the water board um, at the time planting trees um, mm. which I think he did for about nine months and then he went straight into um, uh, fiberglass manufacturing so oh, wow. uh, yeah so he's quite literally been using the same materials and processes since he was I think um, 17 18 wow. yeah I know so that's that's literally all he's done like his entire life and there's several jobs he absolutely hated <laughs> yeah not he did, didn't enjoy a lot of it <laughs> so it's great to get his perspective from it um but then I kind of got stuck I just thought you know like a lot of people follow um my social media because of the artwork um so I was then really kind of worried about doing a podcast that would just focus on carbon fiber because mm. not everybody is going to be kind of into that aspect entirely so I te- it's kind of I think kind of grown into like the journey so it's it's like a um vocal Instagram page <laughs> yeah it can't make sense yeah of course um but it's quite I know I know as well a lot of followers are into cars as well mm. so um you know with me doing events especially at supercar events it Mm -hmm. ties in quite nicely with what people are actually going to want to listen to yeah exactly Mm. i mean i've never really you know i'm quite new to like carbon fiber and carbon fiber art and i only discovered you know this piece of art in this gallery it's in um it's in padstow you've been to padstow there's an art gallery in Padstow. Um, I don't know what the piece of art is called or who made it. Is it, but... it is, um, Acorn Gallery in Padstow? I think there is one. Yeah, I, but... I'm pretty sure Alistair's in the Acorn Gallery. But um, I don't know what the name of the gallery is, but they, they have a piece of carbon fibre in there. And I looked at that and I was like, that's, that's something I've never seen before, you know? And it's quite unique and it's quite different and it's specialised and... It's quite different into like, a, I don't know whether you've seen photos on Instagram and stuff like that. It's, it's the way they photograph and the way they look in real life is so mm. different. Mm. Like it's really hard to capture. 
because of the light and the reflection and all of these different things. Yeah, it's, I guess because you've got that, um, the weave kind of moves, doesn't it? So if you're work, walking around the piece, mm-hmm. the weave in the kind of carbon fibre moves almost. So you get like, um, it's just a quality you can't capture on um, with the camera. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Not- I find it difficult kind of to kind of um, relay via pictures and social media. Mm-hmm. No, I find it I find it fascinating. I think it's really good. You know, you've got that passion in it, and you know, it's something you enjoy doing. And oh, I love it. This is like amazing. I love podcasts as well because now I can talk to people about it. I, yeah. Like my family won't talk to me about carbon fiber anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are so bored of hearing me go on about it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think there's always going to be someone out there who. Or take interest in it, you know, like someone who's open-minded and yeah. they have time to listen, and you know, I find it interesting, you know, listening about things I've got no, no idea about. Yeah, definitely. And there's, there's going to be people that they're just not into it, and that's cool too. But it is really nice to find people that like are quite genuinely happy mm-hmm. to talk about something like that. Like I love it. It's like if, we, if there if there was like no social media or anything like that, like I wouldn't have met all those people mm-hmm. that. that genuinely that into it and um and i've you know made friends with and had great conversations with it's mm-hmm. like it's a huge huge part of my life now yeah and i just wouldn't be without it i'd be gutted if it went away <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd sure. yeah i i think like social media and stuff it, it's really grown massively recently uh, in the past five years and i think um especially like Instagram and I think LinkedIn now. I, I never used to use LinkedIn. I think I created one just for look, to look for jobs. Mm, yeah, same. <laughs> and then I heard Gary Vee saying there's so much traffic on it now and a lot more people using it. And, um, you know, it's like how like we met and how I put that post on there about... Because Gary Vee did a post saying 2020 helped each other out, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's weird, isn't it? Because um, I guess, like, it's almost um, not cool to ask for help, you know? And um, I think he kind of, with that post, he kind of gave everybody almost permission to kind of ask. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was really good because obviously everybody stuck something, you know, he had like bloody hundreds, didn't he, of messages. Yeah. (laughs) left on there saying I'm good at this if anyone needs help doing this and it's weird like I think generally people are quite nice and they do want to help Mm -hmm. Um, but the chances that we're all confident enough to kind of ask for that (laughs) is not happening is it it's a big jump isn't it yeah it is yeah I like I can totally understand it it's like I, I don't think I've been like particularly good at being like in fact I know I'm terrible at asking for help <laughs> <laughs> good one Gary <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think sometimes we can like be quite stubborn in ourselves and just be like everything's okay you know I can do this and sometimes you know you need to ask for a bit of help or network with people don't you Definitely, yeah, yeah. Like literally coming from 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 someone that I very rarely ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like yeah do it <laughs> I, I was doing it wrong don't do that <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely nice to you know be able to connect with people on the same wavelength and talk about things and I think it's it's all part of it isn't it it's about you know, connecting with people and being able to give something back and put something out there that others can relate to and take from. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's good to do it as well. I'm sure it's like good for the soul. Mm. Like just like you know, giving back and like like I said, talking to people is brilliant. Mm. Everybody talks to people more. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think, like, um, I think to say. So, would you, um, about what, what platforms would you like recommend using for like the way that you do? You say Instagram works for you best. Um, yeah, Instagram is good, but the, the, I think the reason why, um, I do quite well on Instagram is because I've been quite lucky in that. Um, there have been a couple of people that have posted on their Instagrams. Um, so uh, Lenny Urban works for uh, Urban Automotive, um, and he had a piece of my work done, and um, he posted it on his Instagram. So he's like, you know, like a supercar personality. Yeah. Um, of course, he posted it, and my DMs went absolutely bonkers. Yeah, um, like I got quite a big following based off of that and then um and then i did the uh commission for lando norris oh, wow. and uh, yeah so like like he, he I, I think like he posted it and it got i mean i literally did not believe that that it was lando norris until mm. he posted it on his instagram oh wow <laughs> i know yeah like i literally couldn't believe it um but that was crazy and then i got a load of followers from that too so um you know that's and that that was from being down at um goodwood for sort of speed so mm. yeah i guess it's difficult to kind of know what to say in that respect mm. because the, the certain things that happened were just because i'm kind of chatty and i like i talk to most people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and you, you know they're like complete luck and chance and you know just being out there and stuff it's like they could have easily, have just as easily, have not happened. Um, I mean, Instagram's great because it's it's images, and mm. obviously everything I do are images, so it's great. It works way better than actually having a portfolio and getting people to go to that portfolio on some website. Mm. Everybody's already on it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I use um, Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Mm. Um, I've got TikTok as well. Yeah, I've recently um, got a profile on that. Um, I've done a few videos where I've just kind of been talking about like different things and motivation and stuff. Um, but there's there's quite a lot happening on that, and it's just it takes a while to get your head around how to use it. Um, yeah, it is. It is funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> it took it took me a while. Yeah. It's... There's a lot you can kind of leave. There's no clock on it as well. So when you're on it, 
you can flick through videos and you've got no idea how long you've been on it for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you will, I guarantee, if you haven't already, you will lose an hour on it. Yeah, it's, it's quite scary because yeah. there's so many random videos, so you kind of become immersed. Oh, what's the next one going to be like? What's the next one going to be like? I mean... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny. At first, I was like, wow, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> But then, yeah, it quickly turns into like an hour-long addiction, mm. and then feeling really bad because you haven't actually posted anything on it, but you have spent an hour on it. Yeah, <laughs> gone on there to post something for like a few minutes, but then you just spent an hour watching random videos of like. <laughs> yeah. I get on. But that's that good. You're supposed to use it, aren't you? It's like there's, I mean, there's probably no point in actually posting stuff on it if you're just not going to use it like you're supposed to be using it yeah that's uh, that um, but li- linkedin i'm still getting the hang of i think yeah. it's uh that one that one's taken me longer than any of the others to get my head around i have facebook as well yeah um, but the linkedin is the one that's taken me a bit longer to get my head around yeah there's there's different i've, I've not Upgraded to like a premium account, but there are different accounts for um, different yeah, uh, users. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have to. It just depends what you're. If you're, I think, mm-hmm. what your situation is really. Um, yeah, I could totally see it. Like if you if like recruiting and stuff like that, I think it would be an awesome idea to get a premium account. Well, I don't know whether it's the best idea for me mm-hmm. yet. Yes, yeah. Um, Coming from me, from saying from like a semi-figured out point of view. Mm. <clears throat> so I'm not, I haven't fully figured it out at all yet. So. Yeah, just takes time. These these platforms, like. Yeah, definitely, and I think um, LinkedIn's definitely one of those ones where I feel quite comfortable chatting to people on Instagram. Mm. I think because LinkedIn comes across as um, like a business app. Yeah. Almost. I know it's like it originally was like a recruiting job search type app, mm. um, but it still comes across as a very kind of um, business to business app. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm, yeah, like I, I guess I'm not. I don't really see myself like that. That kind of situation almost makes me feel kind of uncomfortable because mm. um, it's just not what I'm used to. Um, like where I like Instagram is because it's all um, just uh, it's tamer almost yeah it's, um, it's like more casual I mean you can quite literally DM somebody and it, you know like you don't have to worry too much if you've made a spelling mistake <laughs> I feel like if you did it on LinkedIn they'd kill you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Sorry, you've been banned. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be banned for your spelling mistake. Yeah, because as the people's uh, profiles, and some, sometimes it's like chief executive business coach or something, or like. Yeah, that scares the crap out of me. Shall I apply? So I, I just like it and just leave it, or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I comment it? No, I'm too scared to comment on it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I just like it. I might apply. Just leave it a few days. Uh... But I think that's that's like the that's the fear, though, isn't it? That, um, again, I was talking about that earlier. You yeah. just you 
stop from doing it because you've got this kind of fear um, about how they're going to judge you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's weird to get your head around. But it's it's weird because I thought that I wasn't that bothered about it. And on other social networking sites, um, I'm not that bothered about it. Mm. But weirdly, LinkedIn, like, it's still there, clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's just little practice. Um, and the more you, the more you do it, the becomes like um. I noticed that I qualified as like a life coach recently. Gonna put videos out yeah. there on my Instagram um, and stuff on my stories. And sometimes I'd have my camera up and I'd be like, I'm gonna do a video, and I'd like chicken out and do it. Yeah. And then. Sometimes I'd do a video for half an hour, record it, and then I'd delete it. I'd be like, that was, that was terrible. And yeah. we could be quite critical yeah. of ourselves sometimes, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. But I, that's, like, funnily enough, why I think one of the reasons why TikTok is so yeah. popular is there are so many people out there literally just filming themselves like like a minute of their entire you know or even 15 seconds day and they've not put a full face of makeup on they've they've not recorded it 50 times some of them are crying (laughs) laughing so you know like they're in all different situations and they're from all over the world I generally think like it's actually quite a nice app. It's it's kind of displaying um, people as they are, as they really are. Yeah, it's it's very positive, and yeah. it's kind of it. It's like you know, I am what I am. You know, it's very natural, isn't it? I think. Yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, there's a whole lot about social media being terrible for for young people, um, but I think if they can see kind of you know so many people just being mm. on it is like that's great really it's that's got to be a good yeah thing, right and you can see that the people who do it are happy what they're doing and they're not worried about being judged enough and that's a hard that can be a hard thing to like let go of and you know just be comfortable with just not thinking about what other people think of you um and worrying about that and just doing it yeah, and that's like that can be like, you know, seriously yeah. hard. Um, but you know, loads of people I know still struggle with that kind of thing. So um, yeah, it's it's not something you have to oh. figure out at like, you know, like really really young or anything like that. So it's that's a learning one. You yeah, that way. <laughs> that's when you can kind of chip away. Because I think like, yeah, because I, I think like. I mean, I'm a perfectionist in myself, so sometimes I, I want to get things right, and and it's just not how it works. You know what I mean? You just go, you just got to accept that, you know, you're gonna fail, and things that you know, you know, you just got to accept it. Yeah, definitely. There's that's so weird, but it, it is weirdly a lesson that I learned quite early on because I'm dyslexic, mm. so like, like. Literally every sentence I've ever written has got a mistake in it. <laughs> so you, 
I was quite young when I figured out that, oh, my, you know, there's a red mark in everything <laughs> I've done. <laughs> um, um, which is weird, isn't it? Because you would, you know, like you just naturally assume that being dyslexic would be a total disadvantage. Yeah. Um, but it did, you know, like I was creative in a, in a much different way, which now I was doing, you know, quite mm. well. So uh, definitely for me, it, tend, it ended up being an advantage. Um, but yeah, mistakes, not always a bad thing. Yeah. Like, sometimes they can, you know, really end up being the best thing. Yeah, no. And if not, who cares? Just start again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like but you, you can. It's so frustrating. The worst bit of making a mistake is the fact that it's frustrating, mm. and having to get over that frustration. It's like I've worked on pieces for um, like a, a full week. Um, I need to find out that that it's cracked whilst it's um, processed. Oh, no. Yeah, which sucks because like if it's a really big crack, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just ruined. Put all that time into it, and then that could happen. (laughs) I know it sucks, but it's just time. It's literally like nothing else has happened. Nothing technically bad has happened. It's just very frustrating. Mm. But like you know, I can still Mm. do it again. So, like, there's nothing, there's nothing other than the fact that you've lost a little bit of time and now you're a little bit behind schedule. Just put the camera below. It's going to be next another three months or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but just make sure you're in a nice, quiet place where no one can yeah. swear. Good yeah. five minutes. <laughs> and then relax and then slow <laughs> Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like mistakes suck, but they, it's they happen. Part of life, isn't it? Um... Definitely, I think we're all, like we're all really scared of making mm. mistakes, aren't we? Um, or oh, and the decision making as well. I noticed like this has come up like a couple of times recently. I've told a, a few friends this, um, but um, opinions like when I'm doing stuff, I tend to keep a lot of stuff mm. to myself only recently started posting about um, what I'm actually going to do. Normally, I just post what right. I've done. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so, it's, so it's kind of weird because I've started posting stuff about um, what I'm kind of working on and like really rough sketches um, and that kind of thing. But um, normally, I, yeah, I don't speak to a lot of people about um, what I'm going to do or, or kind of play around with ideas via talking to somebody or um but what I do do with um opinions because everybody has yeah. one. <laughs> even if you don't want to know what it is <laughs> <that one. laughs> um it's not to be too scared of them and like I think about things a lot and um I found that if you kind of try someone else's opinion on like an outfit like literally like borrowing somebody mm. else's clothes and trying to think about it in that scenario it doesn't then matter if you're not going to use it yeah exactly like if you try if, if your best mate said do this so you think of it as an item of clothing you try it on it doesn't fit so you give it a mm. make there's no there's no reason that you have to stick with that opinion or carry it through 
or you know you, you can literally just think about it see if it fits you if it doesn't then chuck it away yeah if it's really crap opinion then don't pass it on yeah. to a friend <laughs> try this <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no I think you know it's completely right on what you're saying and I think if someone has an opinion you know try out what they've said and if it doesn't work then you know you do something else yeah yeah you'll, you'll know if it's going to work for you or not you just go you know like chuck it around your head for for a couple of hours and and then um, having like making decisions is funny because you can make them and mm. if they're not right then it doesn't matter you can quite you can change yeah them. yeah exactly yeah, a friend of mine was saying oh, I'm thinking about moving away for a bit. And I was like, yeah, do it if you want. And she was like, oh, I don't know whether it's right. I was like, well, you can move back if mm. it's not. <laughs> you don't have to stay there because you decided to go. So he was like, yeah, I suppose. And But she just not thought that she kind of had, had not kind of processed the fact that if she's not liking it, she can just yeah. move back. Which I thought was like, you, you know, you can, yeah, you can do that. Which is the same with every um, decision, isn't it? If you have a, um, have you, you've made a decision, <clears throat> or you're not sure about it, it doesn't matter. You can quite literally change mm. it. Yeah, no, completely. And um, yeah, I know there's like there'll be variables in that situation where. You don't know who you're going to annoy and stuff like that, but there is no point in, in continuing with a decision that you know is not right for you because it's makes someone else happy. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, um, it's doing yeah. you, isn't it? It's doing you. Yeah, yeah, and anybody that's kind of around you or that you keep around you, well, they're not going to want to see mm. you unhappy. Yeah, it's like, um, Sometimes people can say, oh, yeah, do this job or do this. and Or um, I think the best thing is, like, when people have their opinion of a place and they say, oh, no, don't go to that country, it's horrible. <laughs> I'm not going to limit myself <laughs> to not go there based on your experience, because that's your experience. That's how you think about it. Yeah, you, know, you might yeah, go there, you might have a nice time. You might go to a different part of wherever they went you know you, you got a different different lens to it so i think that's important you know with opinions as well like you've got to go there to find out for yourself haven't you you do yeah we are all so different there's like to have the same experience as somebody else you would have have to have lived their entire life exactly the way they yeah. did theirs so like, the, the chances of you being able to have exactly the same opinion in detail would be like non-existent. Like, like literally, there, I don't think there is a chance that that could mm. possibly happen. Um, so like, it just, there's just no way that that kind of opinion yeah. would work. No, I think it is it is interesting. I think you know why well, I think people are interested, you know, because everyone's different, and it makes you wonder why people think a certain way, you know, like 
Yeah, it's good. It'd be boring as hell, wouldn't it? If we all, like, if we all had the same opinion, life would be yeah. so boring. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if everybody just agreed with you? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, do, you have a, do you have a good day? Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Do you have a good day? Yeah, it's a good time. Do you have a good day? Yeah, it's a good yeah, what? Conversation Which it can be like that sometimes <laughs> or something. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> but, um, but no, I've got it. This podcast has been over now and 10 minutes. Holy hell. Oh my god. <laughs> no way. Cool. Okay. Um, have you got everything you wanted from it? From, from this podcast? Yeah, certainly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, this is the first kind of proper kind of podcast I've done with someone. Um, oh, yeah. Have you, like, with the anchor one, there's, um, there's a bit where you can kind of trim your episode yeah. and stuff too, so you can get rid of it. It's quite easy. Um, you'll see it when, when it comes up, you'll see, like, I've got an update. Oh, mine's just come up yeah. with updates, so I think like I'll fix it. Right. It's, it's quite a good platform because I I'm researching and I mean this is like recording now, but I mean I'm I'm researching in like the ways of doing podcasts and which platform to use. Um, there's quite a lot of complicated ways around it. Yeah, um, it's like it did before this app really complicated because I think a lot of them were uploaded yeah. separately um, whereas this like I think mine's on seven different yeah. platforms uh, but that's just via this I haven't done anything other than do it on Anchor yeah and then that's quite good yeah that's like yeah. Awesome. it's a great way to connect with people <laughs> and stuff and it's free isn't it you know, it's simple and it's easy yeah, and you can stick out of it. Oh, right, yeah, I saw that on the update, yeah. Yeah, I've, um, I haven't bothered doing it in, in mine because I just, I don't want to put off the, like, a few listeners. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it's probably, it's, it's not really about being proud no, for it. No, anyway, it's but... about enjoying it and giving someone, putting someone out there, isn't it, you know, and connecting with people. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it kind of, it helps, doesn't it? I think, um, like, when you look, like, I love all the, all the like, the connection aspect of it. Um, it's fun, it's different, and I'm quite creative, so there's, because there's, like, another mm. creative outlet. Uh, great for me, because I can change things up a bit, because I spend, like, quite a lot of time, like, sketching and doing bits and stuff, and sometimes that can get kind of stagnant if you're in the same place doing the same yeah, thing course. constantly. Because it's weirdly, um, like, uncreative to do the same things over and over yeah. again. Um, so, like, my kind of nature would be to do different things all the time. So the fact that there's, like, kind of other out there for creativity is yeah. great for me. But what I didn't realise until one of, um, like, Gary V's. Um, I don't know whether it was a podcast or, or what or YouTube but he was going on about you know like the kind of virtual reality and the Google and stuff like that and the fact that people were literally like saying like hey Google get me whatever mm. I'm suddenly 
people like if you're putting extreme content via so many social networks platforms um, podcast youtube then you're kind of your, your chances of coming up when people say get me so and so is going to yeah. be really high so like there's there's total method there isn't there which yeah i didn't realize until kind of recently like by the time like vr comes out in god knows when can you imagine like if you're putting enough content out how much of your content will be on the internet yeah (laughs) it's quite a scary thought isn't it because it's already massive as it is and i think especially with hashtags like on instagram and hashtags on the platforms you put a hashtag and sometimes i don't know i think you might say put happy and you look at the relevant hashtags and sometimes it's like 1.6 billion or one point something million and you think what it's just mad and you search the hashtag and there you go there's 1.4 million things related to that hashtag you know it's but i think the way it's going yeah it's quite it's pretty amazing yeah like really crazy when um i first started um putting all the social media together with carbon fiber art um there was like like literally my my um uh, uh url is carbonfiberart.co.uk like was available <laughs> literally like there was no one out there with like in, even like the usernames on on the social yeah. media they were there was like there was no no one had taken them or anything it's now if you look for any carbon fiber like url or like instagram handle they're like oh, yeah there's none there at all everyone's got carbon fiber yeah it is it is pretty fascinating it is crazy yeah it's like the growth in um certain industries in the past kind of like even just five years is, mm-hmm. is incredible I, I remember remember being at secondary school and i had a motorola razor flip phone and i remember like this was before i don't know the apps off the top of my head but there's a lot of apps that weren't around when i was at school the same with you probably and um it was like i said to my friend oh can you bluetooth me that song and that was like how you sent things, you know, it was across Bluetooth. The, yeah, um, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I literally remember my first phone with, like, a um, the Sony Ericsson had, like, MP3. It could play music. It was, like, the first one. Yeah. And that was when I got to college. <laughs> so weird although like like everyone was a lot younger than me when i went to college so this is like the second time yeah. <laughs> and like yeah i can remember one christmas everyone got back to to college after christmas and they was like what did you get i like i got an ipod there was all ipods at the time and then they were like what did you get i was like i got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just moved into my face <laughs> Oh my god! I know. <laughs> no, I didn't have. I had an iPod Nano, and <laughs> um, but before that, I remember having the, the old school 
I had an old school MP3 player. I got it for Christmas, and it was black, and it just you pulled the air, the end off, and it was a USB stick. And you, I download. Well, I shouldn't really say illegally, but I, I downloaded it, my music, and then put it onto the MP3 and onto the USB. And there's like there's like a volume button and a single play button, and that was it on a little tiny little screen, like a pager screen. Oh, it's so weird how technology like moves on so quickly. I can literally remember when like mini discs were brought out. Mini yeah, and the floppy discs yeah. for computers. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, like the mini discs were like um, a little bit like floppy disks, but they um, like for Walkman. Oh right, yeah. My dad's still got Walkman. He still uses so it actually weird. when he goes on the bus. Wait. Like with the CDs, he takes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no but he takes a few CDs with him, takes his little Walkman CD player with him. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> crazy, so crazy. It, it's just that it moves so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. But like you look at you look at phones as well, and you look at smartphones, and you know what you can do, and. You know, they're getting slimmer, they're getting smarter, they're getting faster. You know, and... Yeah, you know, and bigger. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but that's weird. It's like they're getting, they're getting really, really small, and then they're just like, oh, now they're book size. Yeah. <laughs> you can... Them they up, they right? released um, the Motorola phone again, but they did it as a touchscreen, so it flips up and it's all touchscreen. Yeah, that's weird, right? Like, well, that's crazy. Well, they are probably need it soon for my eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, don't really need it. Like, I need to get like a big. So you can like see it. <laughs> so I can see it yeah. definitely. <laughs> but um, that's weird. Good to paint so much all the time, and then like. Like my eyesight is terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you can even get like um, like laser surgery, like on you and things like that. And yeah, I don't like. I've probably looked into that. I might do it. But I think you have to sign like a, a waiver or but... something. I think you have to sign something in case something happens. I, I don't know. It's it's like as far as I've seen, they cut like the top layer of your, like the clear layer of your um, oh, eyes nice. open, <laughs> like the lens technically, mm. uh, and then they fire a laser through your your pupil. Oh, I think I just wear glasses and pass on. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's awful because they literally hold your eye open. You're completely awake whilst they do it. And this, like, actual laser kind of burns the back of your eye. Jesus. It's gross, right? <laughs> no. It's like no pain, no gain. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had braces for three and a half years, and that was enough. And I had enough um, problems with my teeth growing up. I had, um, I had, a, I had two operations, so I had my... My canines were ba- like baby teeth. I had those both oh, taken okay. out. 
and then my my adult teeth started coming through, and one of my canines were came come yeah. was coming down at a funny angle, and it got jammed in my gum. So I had to have an operation where they cut, uh, you know, the roof of my mouth, my gum. Um, you know, I was, I was awake during all of this, so he gave me about probably 40, 40 injections. And then I had to let it numb, and then he cut away and had to get a gold chain attached to the tooth. And then when I had my braces tightened, they got brought the canine down into place. That sounds horrific. Yeah, I was on that years ago. <laughs> That's awful. But it's fascinating what they can do, isn't it? You know, you think, wow. Well, well. Yeah, that's it's pretty amazing, but like ridiculously. But that's before, yeah, I was 18. It would have probably cost about 10 grand if I were to have that done now, you know. it's. Oh, yeah, it's like really expensive. Like, yeah, my brother went through um, a whole kind of reconstructive surgery oh, wow. with his jaw. Uh, yeah, it's like um, bad yeah. accident, but <laughs> yeah, he had to have more like. I can't remember what type of bone that they put in, but it um, it's not his. <laughs> yeah, he went through a lot, and I I think it cost him. Uh, yeah, like not far off that, if if not more. It'd be like Kanye West with like metal plates and in his mouth and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, it, that's kind of important, though, isn't it? Because people like teeth are big mm. for people. It's like. They do a lot for your confidence, I yeah. find. Uh, they're definitely, definitely one of those things people kind of worry about. Yeah, I think it's that's quite a big thing, you know, as being a person, you know, how how you look in certain ways, isn't it? But I guess it is on your face. As yeah. Well, isn't it? So, <laughs> it's not one of those things you can hide. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot happening in that area, isn't there? Like, there's a lot of um, I've got nothing against it. I think you know it's it's a it's a very very personal thing. Um, you know, if someone has Botox or you know if someone has something done. They, you know, it's a personal thing. Yeah, I think yeah, massively massively personal. I think like people get a bit caught up in whatever other people are doing, and um, I don't. It's like I kind of would. Mm, it's none yeah. of my business, really. Like, it's you know like if, to have an opinion on it is kind of for me I feel like it's not my place to have an opinion on it but like you, I guess you kind of do sometimes don't you right regardless of whether mm. you voice it or not uh, people tend to have an opinion um, um, but I I don't personally it's yeah it's not up to me I think if people yeah. want to do stuff then they should go and do it if they didn't like it or it was a mistake, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. It's like they can make mistakes just because it's documented or some, you know, someone's seen or it's, they've stuck it on Instagram doesn't mean like they aren't allowed to make mistakes or do something that you don't like. Yeah, of course. As long as they're, you know, like as long as they're not hurting someone else, like yeah. intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you can just be a genuinely good person, um, then yeah, that's good, right? 
what you do over and above being just a genuinely good person is really up to you. No, of course. And like, you can't you can't judge someone based on how they look, you know. And you know, everyone's different. Everyone's a person at the end of the day, you know. So. Oh God, yeah. We people are so weird about like how you look and stuff. Because like, I know like I look quite young. So like, especially especially good kind of seven years ago, um, people have this way of talking to young people. <laughs> it's like it's I don't know whether whether it's an attitude or whether it's a particular tone, but like when they think that you're a lot younger than they, you are, you, they have this way mm. of talking to you and then and then they suddenly find out you're not as young as you look and then, then they switch like really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Like I, I think like if, if I was insecure about it, I might take it quite personally, but it, like it doesn't bother me at all. It's quite funny now. But um. Yeah, I'm 37, so I like I like quite a bit younger mm. than I actually am. So it's quite funny to kind of see people's reaction when they suddenly realise like you're yeah. Not... <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, right, okay. But I totally feel for young mm. people though, like like because like, I didn't. I don't think I necessarily noticed it when I was young. That there's this kind of way people. Yeah, talk. I mean, I, I'm 25, um, and I, I've worked in like hospitality and restaurants and hotels, and you know, I, I've I've experienced that my fair share of being spoken to like crap by people, and you know, not everyone does. You know, members yeah. of you know, nine times out of ten, members of the public are okay, and people are okay, but sometimes you get people who they'll just talk yeah. down to you or talk to you a certain way based on your age. I feel like based on you know the age, like like you don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, you, it's weird. Like I said, it's really hard to explain, isn't it? You can't you can't definitely say like oh it's the age, mm. but you know. I wonder whether that's because I've literally like I, I've been in situations where I have literally like um, they've kind of talked to you in that tone and then. I don't know why, but like you get asked your age or something like that, and then you tell them, then they're totally yeah. completely changed. Yeah. So <laughs> I know it's <laughs> it's got to do with age at those points. Um, but yeah, I'm not certain. Like every situation no. has been like that, but but yeah, definitely situations where there is a specific tone used for. Yeah, I think people. it's like a big stigma, isn't it? <laughs> and I think it's it's like on, on the job you do as well, um, or something you're doing can be judged like I went for a job into you once and the guy was like oh um, you do life coaching I went yeah and he was like you're a bit young for that aren't you and I was like oh, I, I kind of thought well <laughs> yeah like I'm young but there's different if you're in life coaching it doesn't mean you know you, you know everything do you know what I mean you, if you can relate to people in certain areas and things it doesn't really matter in your age No, yeah, it's very funny, isn't it? Like, um, even if you are a hundred and two, you've experienced your life. So it's, I guess that person is no more experienced than you are to kind of mm. be, you know, like saying, like if they were coming up to you and saying, well, you know, you're only 25 and you haven't had much life, so how can you cope somebody mm. else and someone else's? You, you you know you 
you can quite literally say, well, you, you've only yeah. had one life, so, you know, like, I've, you've obviously made it your business to kind of see through, you know, mm -hmm. groups of behaviours, and I assume I know nothing about life coaching. That's fine. So, <laughs> I assume that you've kind of, you know, that's your passion, so you've kind of uh, immersed yourself in, like, kind of human patterns and... and like human, like human behavior <laughs> patterns, you know, why people do things. Yeah, cool. Um, on a general interest in like people and. Yeah, so you obviously have like a genuine interest, uh, like a genuine interest in it, and I'm obviously yeah. good at picking up on different things and whereas lots of people wouldn't even if they like I said there you know yeah had three times the amount of life that you've had it's like all about that yeah individual. it's like interest and that passion isn't in that area um I mean yeah I, I've met some people who are like 15 16 and they come across like like you know someone who's like 25 28 but that's about their life experience. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, gosh, like so much more. A lot, of, a lot of young people are much more mature, mature ahead of their years. I, it's quite yeah, fascinating. I they are. Um, it, yeah, definitely. I've got um, a daughter, and she's just turned sixteen, <clears throat> and she is far, far more emotionally intelligent than I was at her mm. age. And, you know, like, and, and I'm sure that's because of the information that they are, that is so accessible to them. <clears throat> they, um, I mean, I quite literally, like, with some of the stuff that Gary Vee says about um, <clears throat> the, the internet being so kind of, like, the school, the fact that school is kind of mm -hmm. a bit obsolete, really. It's, um, it's like a bit pretty isn't it it's like everything else has moved on apart from school which is doing yeah. exactly the same thing <laughs> um it's, i mean she was saying stuff like that years ago mm. like it's really weird there's no way i don't think any way on earth i would have said something like that to my parents when i was her age yeah you know like i just would never have said something like that to them at all um but yeah she's she, she's kind of like even before i heard it from from uh gary v she was kind of saying like they kind of they're teaching us stuff that like is never going to mm. be appropriate because it's you know one we're not going to remember it we're in when we're you know like a year down the line yeah <laughs> do it all the time so why why would we need yeah to? it's it's one big system and I, I know that you know you need an education you need to go to school and things like that um but i think oh, there was a document there was something on youtube about it and they were saying that it's something you would do to like you know how like prisoners and certain things they they're sat down they're told what to do and kind of force-fed information and it's it's the system mm, yeah. around it I, I i think looking back and thinking of it now is completely backwards you know it's it's, it's like here's a book this we need to do learn it um you know 
that doesn't prepare you for life. And I think school, it's like, you know, the government's curric- curriculum and everything. I don't know who's, who's in, you know, who's in charge of it, but it needs to be looked at, I think. And it should be like, you know, should open up more about following your passion and dealing with certain situations. And I think, you know, like it, school doesn't prepare you for that. You, you've got to go through it. I, I think, yeah. I think kind of um, from a parent's perspective as well, you know, it's like um, it's kind of illegal not to send your mm. child to school. So um, you're kind of handing your your child over to a system that isn't really mm. looking after them, um, which is, um, you know, I'm paying a lot of money yeah. to do it too. So, <laughs> You know, it's like we all pay for that. Like you know, that's that's one of those things that we 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 are taxed for. So we are paying for a lot of money for a system that doesn't really work, um, and it's only really focused on teaching one type of individual. Um, I find it difficult. Like I don't like it at all. It's um, it's yeah. Like I said, it it kind of is a system that worked, kind of worked years and years ago that hasn't changed and when technology has moved so quickly um, and continued to, to develop school really hasn't kind of developed in the same mm. or at the same speed um, so much so that I, I took my daughter out so she is homeschooled she oh, wow. the last couple of years <clears throat> yeah she's um, and she's doing great she's a much much happier mm. um, person than she was mm. while she was at school uh, that she'd be doing she's doing her yeah. GCSEs at the moment so um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, she's super smart anyway so like it was quite an easy choice because um, you know she can kind of she's quite good at getting on with it herself rather than me having to sit over the top of her and watch her do it constantly or anything like that she's she's quite good so you know that that I'm not doing a lot in like because people will just think I'm doing yeah. lots to help. <laughs> She's decision was partly because she was so you know she was on the right kind of track, um, focused ones yeah. anyway. Um, but then but then my son as well he he has he's nine and he has a sensory right. processing disorder and um, he's um, uh, he also mm. has got hypermobility as well which like. He, He's fine. He literally mm. he walks like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like he does everything yeah. everybody else does, um, and he copes majority of the time brilliantly. You yeah, know, he's, he's brilliant. He's so funny, and he has this. Um, uh, <laughs> he's so honest. He has this Bless. like honesty that is brilliant. Um, so like yeah. Um, currently, we're going through a process where. Um, He's being, I guess, tested for, yeah. for um, autism spectrum uh, condition as well. Um, so he has this honesty, and anybody with with like kids or knows somebody with autism will totally get this. But he will be honest in the most inconvenient places because no one tells us when we're growing up that we we learn yeah. how to lie. <laughs> we learn to white lie in yeah. appropriate situations, and no, you don't yeah. know that you've learned that. <laughs> 
Like, no one actually teaches you. And as a parent, you don't know that you've taught yeah. your children how to do that. <laughs> but with him, he no. doesn't get that at all. <laughs> Does not white lie. It's like middle middle of the shopping. Man, your bum's gotten bigger. <laughs> oh, and you're like, and he's got like um, yeah. no volume control either. So, oh Christ, everybody hears. <laughs> I know, but it's like it's fun. It's always fun. It always makes someone yeah. smile. Anyway, so <laughs> I wouldn't I wish wouldn't wish for it any other way. It's so funny. But as far as school goes, not funny at all. He's um like last year he had like a horrendous time really bad because he kind of in certain situations mm. he won't understand things so he will then um struggle to process them so he um they, they tend to go in like the it's really difficult to explain but it's like um, mm. his brain's wired differently from, from like a someone else's brain so signals right. go to the wrong place and then he gets really confused, um, so then can't make sense out of it, which it ends up being um, he'll either have some kind of meltdown or, um, you know, just end up very distressed, and um, he won't be able to just because he won't be able to process all the information that's going in. Um, so yeah, he really struggled, but because they, mm. no one knew how to deal with it. Um, so it was really difficult to get any kind of help with that. Um, and like the school that he was at just wasn't interested in uh, listening to anything and the, although we're on the kind of journey to um, diagnosis it literally has been about are we getting mm. into our second year now so it takes forever there's no like kind of diagnosis then help it's like it just doesn't happen that quickly at all so, like, he spent quite a lot of time being really, really misunderstood and being told that he was just misbehaving and um, that he was, like, just mm. a naughty child. So, like, like, it just is missing masses and masses of children. The whole education system is just teaching mm. this one type of child. Mm. And we know we're all different. We, like, we, you know, like, that's one thing to come out. Um, of humanity is that we are all so so different and um, we just don't learn in the same way yeah no and school is just really failing that particular area which is supposed to be the area yeah. that they're good at <laughs> is that there is these big institutions that are apparently for learning they don't seem to be very good yeah at no um... <laughs> I mean, I find that I, I I know of people who have um, had things going on at school and, you know, mental health and things like that, like with your son. And the, the school just focus, and probably not all schools, but some schools are just focused on results and targets and they haven't got time. Yeah. And they, you know, if you, yeah. the kids just get labelled. And then they just get kind of, you know, separated into a, a certain room and they don't have, you know, the same, yeah. the teachers, I think the teachers don't, aren't trained in that area. 
No, they don't. They, they. Um, I think uh, one meeting we had, the I had about five teachers all in the same room, and they all confessed that they had absolutely no idea what was going on. It was the first time in their collective teaching careers that they'd ever seen a situation yeah. like this. It... He just, he, I know, like he refused mm. to go on a bus once. Yeah, though I mean, the the teachers are like they're, they're trained and everything to, um, and they they I've got the training to I think work with people who are in that area, you know, like. I don't think they've got the to work with with anyone apart from the one person that they are taught to train last. Yeah, teacher training. It really just caters for the one student that gets everything. And that's that's pretty yeah, much it. Yeah, I... Sorry, go on. Yeah, there's just the, the one type. Um, it's unfortunate. Mm. There are good teachers, though. For, uh, we had a bad year last year, but this year um, has been fantastic. Um, the, the teacher he's got at the moment is um, incredibly structured. Um, so the classroom is really structured. Um, I think um, he says good morning to him every morning, so that mm. there's something consistent. And then <clears throat> he um, also gives him kind of five minutes in the morning to kind of get his bits and pieces together because he's like, yeah, I think it kind of also yeah. comes around anxiety. So. It- my son can kind of get his little things together and everything's in place mm. and he feels comfortable and then he can kind of get on with the day. Now those are the only few things he's changed but and then like if there's trips and things like that he just lets my son know everything that's going to happen mm. during those trips um, and then he's fine but mm. touch wood yeah. <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah He's um, he has been so happy this year, this academic year so far. Like really happy. He's so you know like a complete three sixty from from last year. So there are a few things, a few very very simple things. They're all free. The, n- mm. None of this cost any extra money. Um, just yeah. bits of time. And that was it. That's I think that's the important thing, isn't it? Um. That's yeah, but that's like that's kind of huge. I think if we're if we're missing out kids in the society that we live in today because mm. we don't have five minutes for them, you know, if it's not a cost, a case of costing money, like that's that's kind yeah, of it's, it's it's empathy as well, isn't it? It's having that empathy consideration and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think massively that the, the this teacher in particular was was incredibly good at seeing it from from, yeah. from my son's point of view, and I and I think that probably has been like the factor in that that he could kind of see and come to um, approach the situation from from a mm. child's point of view. He's putting himself in your son's shoes, isn't it? Seeing the eyes through him and trying to understand the way that he thinks and behaves and understanding um, the way he is. 
you know, rather than getting frustrated, mm, why isn't he yeah. listening? Why isn't why is he behaving this way? And shouting or because you know if you're yeah. doing that, the person's not going to respond the way you want them to. Um, I I went for a job trial actually um, for a school down down here in Cornwall in Truro. Um, special specialized school okay. for kids with you know autism, men, you know, mental uh, health and stuff, and um, it was right. really quite amazing because it was basically kids can board there as well, and kids go from all over the country. I can't remember the name of it, but it's in a place oh. called Truro, and. It's a specialist school, and all the teachers, you know, they're all, they're all trained, and it's really, really nice. You know, and these kids, you know, they're doing science, you know, learn learn the curriculum and everything. It's just separate from, you know, standard schools. Yeah, which means they won't have the particular yeah. bound particular boundaries. Then. Yeah, no, it's fine. And um, <laughs> yeah, the teachers understand, you know, and yeah, so they can come out from from kind of different angles. Yeah, that's really nice. And but ironically, I mean, they're doing that because they're kind of you know, there's a, a group of children that are kind of forcing mm. them to have to do that, and I think. Mm. should be like that yeah. for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's like focusing on the people that are learning and finding out how they learn. When like it's you know the rest of the system should be taking notes. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's taking yeah. how the people learn that using their strengths and rather than just saying here's a book, learn it. You know, this is what we need to do, and it's it's taking that time, isn't it? If you're going to kind of say, here's a book, learn it, there's no absolutely yeah. no need for a classroom at all, is there? Because you could quite literally yeah, that's... do it online. You could have like 90 kids sat watching their iPad because they've all got one or their phone and um, like just log in to whatever mm. lecture they need to be. You can literally implement some kind of um, sign up register so that they've kind of logged yeah. when they're in and listening but there's that you know like there's no real need for, mm-hmm. for education yeah well I saw it doc- really. doc- <laughs> so yeah. many people are no, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's true you know there's a lot of money out there that goes into schools and um Government could save quite a lot of money by putting the whole lot online, and there's probably be a lot hey. Of after this podcast, um, you never know. Do you know what I mean? Someone might <laughs> be like, "Oh, <laughs> they got a point. They got a point there." You know. That would go down. news be knocking on the doors and Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd be good at that. <laughs> um, I've, I've got to shoot and get something to eat. But, um, 
Yeah, I was just looking at it like five thirty already, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm just sat in my car doing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Are> you? <laughs> um, Oh it is the only quiet place, place. yeah. Quiet well, place. well, for me, anyway. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> hear the budgie in the background. No, I can't hear anything. Like, oh, <laughs> really? Thank God for that. Like, the whole podcast. I've been like, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, um... No. Okay, well... Yeah, leave me to it, and um, yeah, cool. No, Thank no, you're you very welcome. I mean, so me. your your podcast is the and your your account on Instagram, the Carbon Fiber Podcast. Yeah, I think if you literally stick in Carbon Fiber Art into any of the podcasts, yeah, because your Instagram's Carbon Fiber Art, and then you've got the Carbon Fiber Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Carbon Fiber Art, and then. Podcast. Yeah, it's all it's the same on all social media. So, like, if you want to find me on anything or tag me on anything, if you you can quite literally yeah, just no, that's mean. I mean, so. mine <laughs> mine as well was uh, positivity positivity underscore podcast, and then I think oh, I've got it up like on the recording. Oh, that's really cool. Got, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully, I'll just be able to add it, and then it will like notify when you um posted or whatever oh the other thing is like i usually post like um publish the night before or like 24 hours before you kind of um say that you mm. published it on social social media because it doesn't right. go up like straight away especially your first one like it like i think my oh, wow. first one took like about three days to, to get on anything which was weird but now it's all right it's mm. like it seems to within about yeah yeah as it seems to get on like i think three in the first 12 hours i think i, I published it quite late last night mm. when i woke up and it was yeah like, but it depends on your internet as well i mean i live in cornwall so you know i couldn't get any further away from the good internet <laughs> it would take me two <laughs> weeks i'll uh, i'll be on playstation with my friend oh, my no. friend will download a game he lives in nottingham He'll download it within two hours, and I'm like, after a week, I'm like, I still haven't downloaded that game. I was on my internet. Yeah, literally. But um, oh, no. but no, it's been really great to meet you and connect with you and talk to you. You know, I'm very grateful and humble. Yeah, but like, thank you so much for asking me. I'll um, I will. Um, probably hit you yeah, up and then we do another one and I'll ask you lots of questions but I'm thinking like I could totally ask for your advice and stuff on um, I guess I'm just trying to think like creatively and stuff like that to see what um, would work yeah of course Fiber Art podcast. yeah sure so, thing. I mean yeah maybe so like people's perception of art and um, yeah I don't know. I'll write it all down anyway because I forget stuff, so yeah. I have to write like a full-on script. Yeah, of course. So I, I mean, <laughs> same here. I mean, the thing is, the first one. This is. I mean, it's quite good to free flow. I find and talk about different things. Um, yeah, here as well. You, there's like segments that you can stick together. Mm. If you can choose new episode, 
Um, and then, so like, if you wanted to do an intro, um, like, I think mine's like, um, welcome to yeah. Carbon Fiber Rock podcast. Um, and then I introduce yeah. myself. And then yeah. I can't remember. I say something else as well. But you can you can record your intro oh, right. and then just add it to the segment. So I've got like I've got a couple of intros uh, in my like mm. library on it on Anchor, and then it will just be like intro episode. Nicola one, links it all in. Intro episode two, so yeah, and then like um, out episode three and stuff like that. So you can quite literally have your body. Your intro and your like goodbye. Right, I see. Be like your whole episode. Um, you can add music and shit to it as well, but I haven't done that yet because I'm not. Yeah, it's got a lot to. Can't be bothered. (laughs) 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 Um, I'll figure out one day. Really can't be bothered. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so you can chop it up and then stick. Um. You're welcome and goodbye. Um, so you don't have to have like all the bits where I've like probably <laughs> said so you can, like, edit or... <laughs> That's all right. That's decent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, I'll yeah, give you a shout next time you're free. And yeah, yeah certainly. Sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, right. take care. Have a nice awesome. evening. Thank you. Catch you soon. Hi, I would just like to say a massive thank you for tuning into this podcast and I'm really, really grateful to be on this path and journey with you all. If you would ever like to provide feedback, you can do so by going on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review or you can send me an email at thepositivitypodcast.gmail.com All feedback is much appreciated. If you would like to donate anything at all, I have a Patreon account where you can donate a small amount and you get exclusive content from the podcast. Or I also have a PayPal if you would like to donate anything as well. Just a small gesture. And all donations all go towards the podcast and making it a better experience for you all. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes.